Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate every download that we get. Be sure to go check us out. We're up on YouTube now. All you got to do, it's easy to find us. Type in the Big Honker Podcast, and then there we are. All episodes will be uploaded to our YouTube channel. It is podcast season. Hunting season is over for the most part for waterfowl, so we are in podcast season. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the one and only American-made Boss Shot Shells. Hits like a freight train. My favorite is the 3.5 th- Blend. Uh, recently talked to Brandon, and uh, he seemed to insinuate that I was overcompensating for something. Maybe being a bad shot. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, but I- either way, they shoot bismuth, copper-plated bismuth. Only takes one. Tight, mm. tight pattern. You can't say enough about them. I mean, they're a whole way of life, and all made in America. Love me some boss shot shells. So, um, listen, some uncertain times out there. So, if you're wanting some boss shot shells, don't wait until the last minute to order. Get your order in and uh, get it heading your way. Right? Yes, sir. All right. We are also brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Listen, it's a non-alcoholic beer. They're beer lovers at heart, and there's no sense in feeling like crap the next day. So, they made a beer that tastes great. Doesn't have the compromise. Doesn't have the hangover the next day. They promise to use high-quality, all-natural ingredients to create great-tasting brews for all beer-loving people. They strive to create brews suitable for everybody and every occasion. If you want to keep a clear head and drink healthier, they're here for you. AthleticBrewingCompany.com is the way to go. You can have all of them that you want. Not even feel bad. Uh, They saw a void in the market, and they pounced on it. So they do a lot with uh, the Spartan races and uh, for people that, uh, you know, like to have a beer at night but have to get up the next day and perform. Athletic Brewing Company is the way to go. So check them out at athleticbrewing.com. Also, we're brought to you by Foul Bandits. Right now you can save 20% off of hoodies. Listen, if you're a snow goose hunter, you need your fresh white hoodie to go roll around in the mud in. So Oof, what a miserable time. No promo code needed. If you're going to get a hoodie, it's 20% off at checkout. does it automatically. So go check them out at foulbandits.com. They also have uh, hats, regular T-shirts, decals, whatever you, whatever you need to look good and feel good in the field. Foul Bandits is for you. Also, we're brought to you by Gundog Outdoors. Uh, hunting season is just about wrapped up, but it is time to keep your pooch in shape. They can help you. Keep your pooch hydrated. They got a nice uh, water bottle system. You just you just push a little button and water fills up. You don't have to pour water bottle down poor Fido's gullet anymore. You can go to gundogoutdoors.com and uh, get everything you're going to need. They got bumpers. They've got field bowls. Whatever you need for your four-legged buddy, the Alex and the people over at Gundog Outdoors has already thought about it. And get your first aid kit for your truck. Get a first aid kit for your truck. You can also get a quick release system. Um, be prepared for this upcoming waterfowl season. If you think that you're going to use that quick release system in the field, then uh, I would train with it this off season. So you can save yourself some money. Big Honker will save you some money at checkout, and Trump 2020 will save you 20% on the uh, field trauma kit. No sense not to have it. Also, we're brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. If your coffee sucks, it's not the duck. It ain't the duck. Uh, drank it every morning this year. It is smooth and refreshing. Fills that thermos up nicely. They're American company. Texas company. Out of Bernie, Texas. Their, their t-shirt is very, very nice looking. The web foot long sleeve. They got some cool looking hats also. 
uh, a couple decals, but check them out, dirtyduckcoffee.com. If you're a coffee lover like I am, then uh, they've got something for you over there at dirtyduckcoffee.com. I like the high-velocity caffeine roast. You know, I got to get up and do shit. I got to get going. Dirtyduckcoffee.com. We're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. It's time to get skinny. 2021 is here. Uh, we've wrapped up our hunting season. We had to store everything, and let me tell you, Storing a couple hundred dozen dive bomb silhouettes, no problem. If I had to do that with full bodies, I would want to burn the house down. Divebombindustries.com, you don't have to worry about that because you're skinny. Bags pack up nice and neat. You can put them in a trailer or uh, wherever else you're going to store your decoys. Divebombindustries.com. Also, they got uh, snow socks out right now, and they're revamping their snow silhouette. So... Check them out, divebombindustries.com. Also, we're brought to you by Pacific Calls, pacificcustomcalls.com. BHP 25 saves you 25% at checkout. They've got something for everybody. We're going to have them on in March. They've got a uh, turkey line that they got coming out, and they're re- retooling some of their existing calls. So I talked to Trevor just a couple days ago. It's exciting times for, for guys up there in the Pacific Northwest. So use the promo code, the PCD, the new, their new duck call that they brought out this previous fall is the best duck call that I've ever blown, bar none. And all the guys out here agree with me. So go to PacificCustomCalls.com, use the promo code BHP25. That's good for 25% at checkout. Also, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck. Best blinds on the market. You need spinners. The Lucky Duck 2x4 blind is the way to go. Four grown men. Put that bad boy, put grass on it. Don't have to worry about it. Pockets are nice. Everything about it. I hunted out of it. We use them every day. We use them every day here, but I probably hunted out of them six, seven times a week. And uh, if you're in something that long, it's got to be the cat's meow. And the Lucky Duck 2x4 blind is the cat's meow. On a cold day, put your buddy heater in there. Ooh. It is nice. I just like the pockets because I got a lot of shit that I got to keep track of and being able to put put stuff in pockets in front of me, it's handy. It's handy. So go to luckyduck.com and you can get whatever you're going to need. Or if you're a varmint hunter, you know a lot of people are varmint hunting right now, they got calls for you, e-callers, right? They have uh, the remote call. Yep. <clears throat> just used it the other day. I, Gabriel hunted in the contest the other day. And one, one of the things using it, so... Did he really? Yep. Congratulations to Gabriel. Yep. LuckyDuck.com. We're also brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club. RIP the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. But there is still a Looking Glass Duck Club. You Them can, stork shooters from northwest Missouri. That's right. You can get uh, hats and hoodies. You can still support them even though you're not listening to them like you used to. Uh, you can still They still got cool-looking apparel. Uh, they got can, a cool Sandhill Crane shirt now. It's cool. Looking Glass Duck Club, West Texas. That's right. That's right. The Looking Glass Duck Club is far-reaching. So uh, check them out on Instagram, Looking Glass Duck Club. And uh, if you see something that looks good, that you think would look good on you, send them a message. I bet they can send it your way. Also, we're brought to you by BlindGrass.com. There's no sense in putting anything on your blind that's going to rot away, smell bad, or cut or poke you that you're going to have to, you know, fuck around with every day. So go to BlindGrass.com and... Get, the, get their camouflage system. If you're tired of constantly having to rebrush your blinds, the smell of rotting grass in your blind, they have spent years making the most versatile and durable and realistic blind material available. 
Their patent pending blind grass will not rot or mildew. It's waterproof and it's available in mats or bundles. And it comes in natural dead grass or is paintable to match your surroundings. Head on over to blindgrass.com. Also, we are brought to you by 14 Cattle Company. Uncertain times. You got to think outside the box a little bit. Go to 14cattleco.com. You can get a whole beef sent to you. And it's a competitive price. No $8 hamburger meat, which is what you're paying at the grocery store. It will be nice, God forbid if something happens, to have a little bit of meat stored up. So go to 14cattleco.com. Get a hold of Jordan. See if you can't get a half a beef, a whole beef, quarter beef. They'll work with you. Keep some meat on hand for these uncertain times that we're in. Brought to you by William Chris Wines, Texas-made wine, made there in high Texas. Uh, You can get it shipped to you, or you can find it at the grocery stores, the fancy grocery stores, Central Markets, Whole Food, places like that. Uh, Just had a bottle last night. Well, half a bottle. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. That's right. That's right. Impress her with a bottle of Texas wine, William Chris Wines. Get the skeleton key. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Stanford Hunting Outfitters. Turkey season's just around the corner. We're taking bookings for it. Uh, our books are always open, contrary to other <laughs> yeah, outfitters. That's the funniest shit ever. Books are open. Books, Your are, books open. are open every day. If you want to book a hunt for 2026, we can, we'll book it. That's exactly right. So, turkey is up next. So, if you're looking for a turkey hunt, we, uh, we got some great property right here on the Brazos River. Uh, we'll be happy to take you out. Call Jeff, 940-658-3172. Or if you're out there looking for... This fall. Uh, a lot of our weekends are going pretty quick. Yes, they are. So, so holler at us and take care of you. We've got a couple of dove hunting dates left. Not a lot of dove dates left. Dove hunting's just about booked up. Anyways, I've got a couple of October weekends left, and I think i got one set of weekdays left for some dove hunting for a corporate group, 20 or more. Anyways, 940-658-3172, or, and, or email me at goose at net. Thank you, and God bless y'all. Okay, this episode of the podcast, uh, it's just Jeff and I. It is a snowy bitch here down in the Big Empty. And uh, we get on here, we reminisce about some of the old hunts that we've had out here, some of the some of the snowy hunts, some of the cold hunts. Uh, we talk about both good and bad. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy these types of podcasts where uh, relive some of our some of our glory days. So we hope that you enjoy it, and we hope that you're staying warm in this Arctic blast. Here we go from the Banana Republic, the Big Honker Podcast. Nice and balmy today. Three, two, one, and that's actually the temperature. <laughs> Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, the frozen tundra of the Big Honker Lodge. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. What a gorgeous, you know, listen. We beg for this all winter. All winter long. I Some of God's greatest gifts, to quote the great Garth Brooks, are unanswered prayers. 
I don't think this is unanswered. I think he answered him just a little too late. He was a little late, but listen, it's unanswered because I don't know if I want to go hunting in this shit. I had my opportunity on Sunday. It was not a burner by any means, but there were birds in a field that I could have hunted, and I declined. I would have done the same thing. This is the coldest that I have ever seen it in my entire life, I think. Oh, it's got to In Texas. Every record. Um, I wish Dad was alive because Dad had, has lied to me my whole life. About what? About the, the, the winter of 83. And I was I – was, You went along with it? I didn't realize it was – I was 68, 15. I was 14, 15, 14 years old that winter. How did he lie to you? He told me that it was it froze up at Thanksgiving and didn't thaw it to New Year's, Eve, New Year's Day. It actually didn't freeze up till December 18th. And it, but it January second. It went thirty days though. No, it didn't. Yes, it did too. No. I've looked it up. Look it up. Okay, I will. All right. Anyways, we had six cold fronts in a row, just boom, 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 stacked against each other, and it was Arctic cold. It was cold. Right. And it stayed below temperature for freezing a long time. It didn't get nothing like this shit. <laughs> this has been. We have got zero water at the lodge. We had the well house. The roof blew off of it. After Tony had done everything he could to make sure the water stayed on. Um, we have people, aren't I've got neighbors with no water. We're lucky at our house. We hadn't had any issues at all. Knock on wood. But it, for, for it, it, everybody up north listens to this. I'm like, shit, it's zero degrees. It's Pussies. three degrees there. That's shit, that ain't nothing here. We had that way in August. We're not built for this here. Our homes aren't built for this. Our, uh, our plumbing is not built for this. And now... The grand people in Texas that run our energy grid that have relied on this solar and this wind shit, they don't work real good in the wintertime. <laughs> so now they're cutting. They're having power outages all over. I mean, from and it's not just here in North Texas. And what <clears throat> it's 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 snowed at South Padre Island. I saw I saw a picture of that. Yeah, it looks like uh, it looks like Florida Beach is white, majestic. Yes, but it's snow. It's not white sands like I they have saw in for the first time, maybe in recorded history. Every county in Texas is under a winter storm warning. Yes. Or was yesterday. First time ever. I'm looking this up. Okay, so it was... Go ahead. The cold weather of 83, and it hit on December 18th, if I'm right. I read about it the other day. One of the severest Arctic cold snaps in modern day plunged into Texas. Uh, December 18th. I'll just click on this, see what it says. Um... But yeah, that's what I'd always that's what I'd always heard. Dad but always, I, I heard thirty straight days. Jesse's dad was telling me the same thing well, I yesterday. Think, I think as they've, got, days. as they've gotten older, they miss they they was off by a couple of weeks. Because right. that's what I've been told my whole life too. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> they didn't know what was going on in Spearman, Texas in nineteen eighty three. We didn't have winter in the internet like they do now. You know what one thing I did see uh, uh, ahead of this is they were the coldest days in recorded history in Texas were all in, it's all in February. This same about plus or minus four days from February. Well, it's February 8th. It's cold. See, that, that system hit mid-December, though. And, God, we shot the piss out of that. So I want to tell you about some of the old hunts, too. <clears throat> the, my first goose I killed during that time. Mm-hmm. And I killed that goose on Winchester Lake, which we still hunt in that area today. There was an open hole of water that the geese, you've heard me talk about it. The ducks, it was so cold that the ducks kept an open hole on that you could stand on the edge of it. Again, for people up north, that's not a big deal. For people down here, we don't have that kind of cold weather. So it was it was freaking miserable cold. The dog would jump out, get in that water, and come out, and he'd turn to a solid sheet of ice. And we were nice. We took towels to dry him off with. Oh, y'all are so nice. Yeah, and um, but they loved it. 
And um, it was it was it was it was a horribly horrible cold 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 snap for us back then. But this snap has been a lot worse. We got a bunch of snow. Some places got a foot of snow yesterday. We only got a couple inches here. We got roads shut down everywhere. Um, I've seen where school is canceled everywhere, but Knox City. Are you on school board? Y'all canceling school here? I don't know. It depends on depends on what happens, Jeff. <clears throat> roads aren't bad. The roads are not bad. It's just a temperature deal. Well, it's time for kids not to be <clears throat> little softies. You're always complaining that this generation is soft. It's well, that, because of people like you how that it, let them off me. the hook. You're saying they shouldn't go to school. I don't care if they go to school. I don't have a kid in school. You told me they should not I go would, to school I wouldn't because send of how a kid cold to school. it is. I wouldn't send a kid well, to school in this temperature. let's toughen some kids up. Let's go to school. Get your education. You learn better whenever <clears throat> Mercury's under 32 degrees. Here's the reason I think that. We have kids in our town. We have a lot of poor kids in our town. And like a lot of places do. And I feel sorry for the poor kids because they don't have the clothes and stuff to get out. And even though it's not a long way to school, I feel sorry for those kids. And they'd be better off being in a sub-warm house than they would be out in the cold going to school. Now, once they get to school, it will be warm. But do we have water at the schools? Uh, I'm assuming we do. <coughs> we have a lot of water out. It's going to also depend on what happens with electricity or not. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, for 10 straight, 10 consecutive days in Fort Worth, it stayed below freezing. Okay, well. I'm looking to see. We See, we, we may not make that here then. Why? I don't think we're going to hit 10 straight days below freezing. Went below freezing. No, 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 no. We no. went below last Monday, so it's seven days now. We do have a chance at that. Anyways, that, that period of time, it did stay colder longer than it is on this one. It's just, just colder. I saw that the temperature in Wichita Falls had a new record row by 21 degrees this morning. Really? Yeah, it was 18 degrees was the old record low. This morning was negative three. Where? In Wichita Falls. Really? They went from 18 was their old record was for today. Old? Was the old record for this, de- t- oh. this date. And now it went to negative three. Oh. So this one, this is one we'll be old timers we'll be talking about for a long, long time. I'll be the old timer. Yep, you will be. talk about this. And it'll be, I'll be a little bit like Ron. <laughs> You'll get it all. Motherfucker the, lasted yeah. all of February. Yeah. It'll be high as fucking cold from started out on Started out on... Uh, we quit hunting on January 31st. Yeah. It blew in on February 1st, and yeah. it was February 28th before it thawed out. Went from MLK Day all the way past Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's how it's going to be. Yeah. Guarantee you. <clears throat> uh, but it is. I, I mean, I'm very thankful that I don't have to hunt in this. No, oh, this would have been horrible. It would have been bad. It would have... It just... We wouldn't have had any customers. It would have been bad. We would have... If this would have happened the first week of December, it would have been great for the last six weeks or seven weeks a season but this week right now that we're going through <clears throat> this place wouldn't be full of hunters right we'd have to figure out a way to get this fucking room warmer too if we had people in here and we'd have to figure out what the fuck to do for water yeah tony that'd be the that'd be the big trick well what would have happened was as soon as that went down we'd have got a torch or something and got down in the well and got it down you'd hit you're the skinniest one here andy but yes, it would have been going down the. i thought that's where it froze no. up was in the well we're at then that's what you'd have had to get down through the pipe and thaw it out. Well, just had to reach down there with a the propane heater. Yeah, I told you that when you first did it. We need one of those things that people start firewood with. It looks like a damn torch. But now what is that sudden burst of heat going to do to it? Is that going to compromise the pipe any? It's already compromised. That's a metal pipe, though, isn't it, in there? Oh. <clears throat> I, I already called our insurance guy. You did? Yeah. I said, listen, I got a question for you. I said, are we covered if all the pipes breaking every one of these buildings? He goes, 
I think you are. He goes, I can get back. I said, that's fine. I said, we got the water cut off anyways, and we're going to turn it on when it warms up. But I have a feeling when we turn it on, we're going to have some water leaks. There's going to be water leaks all over. I feel sorry for our city workers. Um, Jerry Copeland, he said, I'm just going to go ahead and call Friday, whatever it is, just a day of just have everybody off because it's going to be the day of water leaks. Everybody's going to find out their water's leaking on Friday. Mm, Everywhere. You know, and that's another thing. Our dear president, who Tony has not recognized yet, where is he? Not until in Mar- all this. Not until March sixth. He's not said a fucking word about this. Did you see the new video of him? No. It's very sad. What? I actually saw a video with him and his wife sitting there waiting for the cameras to come on. It was like thirty seconds. That motherfucker ain't got a clue what's on. I'm serious. I, he don't know if he shit his fucking pants or get or masturbating at Disney World. Right. He, he. I feel sorry for the guy. I really, honestly do, because. The man they've propped up to be this president, that son bitch ain't got a clue. Well, you heard from a hunter of ours who won't, we won't mention, but he knows Secret Service agents, and he talks with them regularly, and they all told him that had to work with Biden during this campaign. Said it's sad. Yes. Said he shuffles his feet real bad. He, he said, when you look at him before they dope him up with whatever they give him, B12 and Adderall and, you know, whatever – he said it's sad how he, he just he slumped over. He's pale all the time. He shuffles his feet when he walks. He takes an IV. They give him a couple pills, and then he does these, you know, these rallies. And he said it's, it's sad what they've done to this old man. Well, when, when you saw the video of him, you can look it up. I saw it just the other day, and he's just sitting there. I actually feel sorry for him. I thought this is an old – the guy don't even know who he is. Right. He's like in his mind, he's just wanting whatever is going on. And he really just – and that's why – We've never had a president that's been this this much of a ghost when he first got elected. Right. They're proud to be president. They yeah. want to get off and fly in the fucking plane and show their friends, look at me, I'm fucking flying in Air Force One. Yeah. Well, there's none of that going on. No, he's not. He hadn't been anywhere. No. he took. They went one flight, him and Kamala went somewhere the other day, and that was it. We, we haven't seen him anywhere. They haven't been out. He's not exposed. He's not doing any kind of interviews with anybody. He gives up a couple of questions, and that's it. And it's just it's it's a screwed up deal, and <clears throat> but I really did. I felt so sorry when I watched that the other day. I thought, man, and I'm gonna tell you who ought to be fucking slapped is his fucking wife for propping him up. Yes, that's that's not a spouse, right? I mean, he really did. I felt really sorry for him. So that's where he's at in all this mess. Is he's but not gonna be involved? Trump, no matter what was going on, he was out in front of the camera and answer questions. If it, if there was if there was a hurricane, if there was tornadoes, whatever. He was always out in front of the cameras. He was explaining what was going on. He was quick to send relief. He was a president. It's a fucking mess yeah, down the, here in Texas. Yeah, and, and I don't know that we need federal bailout. No, I don't either. But I mean, a little, hey, uh, we're with you during all this would might go a long way. I don't give two shits about any of that. I take care of my own, and I wish more people would do that. I do think that the president should be more involved with everything in the world going on and should answer some questions. The new... The new pipes, the Keystone, is it Access, Tony? The Keystone Access Pipeline, now they're wanting to close down, and that runs from South Dakota to Pocone, Illinois, or something. I know I said the the name wrong, and someone's going to fact check me and tell me that. Dakota Access is what it is. And that's half a a million barrels of oil a day go there, and they're wanting to turn that off now. Right. And I just, I don't, I mean, that's a question. I'd like to answer why. You know, why are you wanting to shut part of the country down, but then you're wanting to open up our southern border? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Uh, did you know the state of Texas had to file an appeals on the um, 
releasing all the people that they had at Homeland Security or somewhere. Some of them were child sex molesters, <laughs> and they were just gonna let them go. Right. And fucking, they had to. With State of Texas had to file a, a stoppage or a stoppage or whatever. I don't know what it's called exactly. I saw where North Dakota, South Dakota said that they're not gonna go by any of the executive orders. North North Dakota or South Dakota? Yeah, it was it said no on the executive orders. Five days below freezing in Houston. I just cannot find in Texas how long, how many days. It was it only was. like two weeks at the max. Right. It was not a. It was not. Well, it was ten days in uh, Fort Worth. In Fort Worth, I'm so. sure there's some places in the Panhandle that probably were down for 14 days or something. But Dad always made it sound like the whole month of December. <laughs> the whole month of December was, was done, and yeah. it, and he was off by a little January. bit. And I wish he was here. Be like, I damn, I remember. I remember. Yeah. Because he tell that one story about he was on the fire. He was on the side of the at the big blue at, bank at the big bank. Yeah. Eight thirty one, nine degrees. Yep. Eight thirty two, six degrees. Yeah. However he said it went it. all the way down to I can't remember. I think how it went down to one or zero or something. I can't remember. But he uh, didn't. Yep. He wanted to run the hose. Because it was next to the fire, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the so steam he got off of it he got, got hotter. Stay. Yeah, he liked being up there. They'd bring him down from that basket, and he said, I'd freeze my ass off. And I'd be wanting to get back in the basket because it was warm. All the smoke coming off, the steam coming off the fire, it was warm up there. He said everybody thought he was miserable, and he was a whole lot nicer there than it was down below. Right. 1951, so it was 51 and then 83 were the most severe cold weather in Texas. And now 2021. So... 83 and 89 was another good winter, too, they said. Oh, yeah, here it is right here. Oh, no, 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 February of 1899, I'm sorry. Dyslexia is getting to me. But I can't, I don't, I don't see how many. This is, a, this is an article from down in Laguna Madre. But it was, it was a very cold, and it killed a bunch of fish down there. In Laguna Madre? Mm-hmm. And yeah. they said they're really worried now that it's going to kill off a bunch of redfish and trout. I'm telling you what, Mother Nature, you just can't ever, can't ever... Figure her out. Ever. Mm. Well, we sure could use this early, but, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens now. Hopefully, it'll kill all the fucking bugs. <laughs> I doubt it will. I mean, them some bitches are amazing, but wow, what a front. What a cold, cold, cold. And hell, I don't even remember the last day it was warm now. Oh, I do. It was 85 degrees not too long ago. What day was that? Um, so I went back and listened to the Sarecki interview, and I said it was 85 that day. The day that me, you, and Reese went hunting and Tony, the last day of season in Wasn't Gabriel. bad then. What day was that? That was on. That was, on, that was a Saturday. That was Saturday, February the, what it Seven. been, 7th? 6th. Six. February 6th, and it hit that Sunday night. It yeah. got cold. And we've been cold since February 8th, and today's the 15th. So we've had seven days of it, and we got three more days of below t- it's going to get below free above freezing probably Thursday afternoon or Friday morning. No, I've, I've seen different deals. Yeah, I saw Friday. Okay, Friday, Friday at noon it'll be above freezing probably. Down to twelve now. On what day? Today. That's where we're at. The temperature's twelve degrees right now. Yeah, it don't feel like fucking twelve degrees because the sun's out. Yeah. Uh, high forty six on Friday. That'll be the day we above freezing. That's when the pot water lines all start busting. The low for Friday morning is ten. Yeah, see, it's going to be a while. It'll be after 12. But what's going to happen is <clears throat> about Friday, about 5 o'clock, everybody's fucking water lines are going to bust, and all the fucking plumbers, <laughs> the plumbers are going to be all over and deal. You're turning the water off here until when? Saturday or Sunday? Till Monday? Yeah. Smart move. We got hunters coming in Monday. <laughs> yeah, we do, though. <clears throat> I can remember uh, 
one of the worst memories of snow. We were in Oklahoma, and I don't know how much it snowed. I'm not going to pull her on and thirty seven fab- inches. I think fabricate how much it was, but it was a lot. And I had some guys, and we were going to go hunt. We we're going to duck hunt that morning. I think we were going to go to a pond. Oh yes, the day and. I don't think it snowed much. It rained a bunch, and then it, it started it, snowing. It, it had rained, and then it froze, and then it started snowing. So, yeah, the ground wasn't quite frozen solid. <laughs> you could say that, huh? <clears throat> and um, so I'm driving along, and this was our first full year in Oklahoma, or in, our, in, in, in the Hobart area. And so it was we, a wet year. We hadn't got everything mapped out. We didn't know the roads. We I knew this one access to get to this pond, and I'm driving along. And, you know, fucking, it's a single, it's one, one, one car can go down it, not wide enough to turn around him. And I get in the shit and I break through that snow ice shit and I start getting on that bottom of that mud and it had snowed just enough to where I couldn't really make out the road. And I guess I got in a fucking tack, tractor tire ruts or something and I was fucking, that was it. Stuck myself, stuck the trailer Guys, I, to my unknowing, from the time I turned on to that dirt road to the time I got stuck, guys were just bailing on me. I'm like, fuck this. I guess they saw that the trailer was going sideways for most of it. And called Jeff, and I'm like, hey, we got a problem. I'm stuck. And I was. The words I hate to hear at 5 o'clock in the morning. A couple miles. And that's the thing about hunting in Oklahoma. If we get stuck up there, we're a long way from the cavalry. So I had one vehicle behind me, started out with four or five, and they're like, hey, what do you want to do? I'm like, there's nothing fucking we can do. Like, I don't know where the rest of your party's gone to. This trailer's going to be here until God knows when. So luckily, we unhooked the trailer, and I was able to get out of those ruts and up to a place where I could get turned around. Circled back around. By that time, you had gotten there and met the other guys. And it was just, we ended up having to cancel the guys. It was a fucking I said, mess. We'll, we'll, we'll cancel this hunt and we'll hunt again in the morning. <clears throat> well, they had them a big group discussion, decided I was a no good, sorry, fat motherfucker. It was trying to take everybody's money. Yeah, I mean, it was just a shitty situation. And <clears throat> they didn't, they wanted to hunt, but they could we couldn't hunt that morning. And all of our equipment is at the trailer. Yes, yeah, so we had to, I had to call a guy and pay a guy to come get us out. We got us, our, all of our stuff out. And then the next morning, they didn't want to hunt. Right. And we, we, and we would have had a good hunt. We had places to go. And it was one of them deals if we didn't, and, and a week later, and how we knew how everything went, <clears throat> we would have went and hunted a different place and went there and hunted the next day. Right. <clears throat> Just a fucked up deal. That was a miserable morning, though. That was a bad morning. That, that ranks up there. I've had so many bad mornings from doing this for so long. Like, this season was, was really tough. And, I, and you're in the moment, and you're kind of like, God damn, I don't ever remember a time being this bad. And then you remember a story like that, and you're like, mm, "Well, that was that bad." As an outfitter, the stupidest thing I ever done, and there is a long list of stupid shit I have done. Every year, you can add one day at least on the list of decisions I make that are bad. Yeah. <clears throat> we were in Oklahoma. We were going to hunt over by the feedlot, and we woke up that night. Me and Andy stayed at the Pakistani Hilton, is what I call this place. <clears throat> Tony, will you get me a coffee? It was so cold that we had a – our room was on the north side of the hotel, and the bathroom was on the north wall. And I'm not making this up. We, there was a skim of ice in the toilet. 
<laughs> now, I'm going to tell you what. You got to really take a shit to sit down on a toilet <laughs> with a skim ice on it. It was cold. And so, anyways, our friends, good friends of ours, too, that home with us every year, Mike and them, come, were hunting with us. And they drove in. And, and Mike's a, Mike's a lot, lot of information guy. We always wants a lot of information. Mm-hmm. wants to know this and that. And I kept telling him, I said, hey, you get here. We got the birds, and it's going to be good hunting weather, but it's going to be shitty. Well, Mike and them got in about 10 o'clock at night. Me and Andy had been there the day before. I I pride myself on being some things like my dad was, and dad was usually overprepared for most situations. Mm-hmm. And I pay attention to the weather a lot, and I knew it was going to get mad, bad, and I knew we were going to have some blizzard-like conditions. So we're at the Pakistan Hilton, and I told Andy, I said, listen, you need to go down to Walmart and buy you an extra blanket. I bought some food for the room, so we have things to eat, but you need to go down there. Andy's exact words. I'd be all right. So that front hit. We looked outside and it was snow and cold and the light started flickering a little bit. And Andy goes, I think I'll go down to Walmart and get me something. About that time. There the lights went out in Georgia. So from that night and and then Mike and them got there late that night. All the lights were out. There was no power in town. And it was blowing 35, 40 miles an hour. And it was just starting to snow a little bit. And um, we, the next morning we got up at 4.30 in the morning. You couldn't even see the trucks from snowing so hard. And the wind was blowing so hard. Yep. Finally, I talked to Mike and them. I said, listen, let's try it again at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. About 10 o'clock we finally got on the road and we drove to the field. And you could not even see the field. Well, we went in to set up to hunt. <clears throat> and we hunted one afternoon. Remember? And we uh, shot, yeah. We hunted down on the bottom and we killed some birds. We got stuck there too. We got stuck. <clears throat> so the next day we decided we were going to hunt another field and instead of just hunting on the edge roll like we do now we tried to hunt in the middle of the field well <laughs> we got my truck stuck in the, in the kill hole yeah stuck 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 had i think call, i still got a picture somewhere had to call a guy that's a friend of ours zach who we live behind up there we rent a house from him now and he told us before we hunted this is a no-till field don't leave ruts yeah that that was the information I had going into there. Well, I'm thinking everything's froze over. It's yeah. 30 degrees yeah. or 20 degrees or 10 degrees. It was cold and windy and miserable. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And here I am with my fucking truck stuck with decoys around it. If we would have just hunted on the edge row, <clears throat> we'd, we'd have shot have, a limited geese and have been done in about two hours max, maybe an hour. So that was one of the worst decisions I've ever made. But that was a miserable time in the snow and one of the worst I remember. That whole winter, I spent... <laughs> ton of money paying people to get me out of ditches and everything else. <clears throat> I ain't getting stuck in Oklahoma no more. I know which roads I can go down and which ones I can't go down. <laughs> and that was the learning curve that I went through that year. It just that's that's just one of those things about going to a new area like out here. We don't get stuck out here very often because we know where we. Can I can go tell you, can't. like I can't get down that road. Yeah, we we know where you can go, and then some roads you look down there like there's no way you can get down that road. Oh, it's got a hard bottom. There's right. no problem at all. Right. And it's sandy here, but you can get some areas and it's not. But but when you're just flying by the seat of your pants in an area that you don't Ooh. know, and you're like, oh, you know, it doesn't look bad. Back at home, I could probably make it. Well, that's how you end up in the ditch. I'm trying to find that picture. Of me stuck in the spread. Of you stuck in the spread. We ended up, we stuck a decoy on top of there. Out I the mean, truck. Fuck, there's nothing you can do about it. Sitting in the truck watching them all. Andy's calling and they're looking at me and I thought, God damn boy. hope somebody don't make a bad decision here. I have just really fucked up <clears> here. <throat> um. Uh, well, shit, there's a picture of Lou. In, in, in 1983, back on that season of hunting, 
we, we would have stuff froze over a lot. People didn't have ice eaters and stuff then. But um, me and Tony were fortunate. We, we got to grow up hunting on a dairy. And back then, they used to feed their cattle a little different than they do now. I don't know. And, but they rolled the grain or something. And I don't understand what all that means. But those, those ducks would eat that cow shit. Uh-huh. And there was a dairy that we hunted on. And we would set up and one year one of the years it was that year it was so cold we hunted over four decoys and these are the four decoys i hunted over right here that's why these sit on the my victor. desk these old victor decoys these old victor decoys here my dad were his decoys if you see that on youtube that's 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 we had we had four of them we actually had more than that we had I, we had four we hunted on all the time and they've got a flat bottom so we could stick them on the ice right but they didn't have fancy full-body duck decoys like you have now they didn't have duck silhouettes we had some goose silhouettes that were handmade but that's what we used was these old victor decoys and we'd set them on the snow and we had four of them and we shot the shit out of the ducks with them four decoys this old this dairy had a pond that had some washouts in it and you could take we'd take burlap we had two or three big sheets of burlap and you could crawl under that burlap it was pretty warm and you just lay up in right. the washouts pull that burlap over you and then freaking ducks would come and the pond you were facing north on that if it was south wind most of the time that's what we do if it was a north wind we could hunt on the other side but we would hunt that side with the wind was either east west or south just now the north and we'd set them decoys up and them fucking ducks would come and they would come from the south into the east of us and they would just lock up and they didn't circle Right. They just come in all the time, and we'd shoot so many ducks. There's so many days we shot 30, 40, 50 ducks off them four decoys. I was I drove past uh, Winchester. We were going to hunt Sunday, so I drove past it on Saturday, and it was it was mostly froze over. Was there any ducks on it or anything? Uh, they they had they had one little pocket that they kept open, but I thought of Ron because he said y'all would shoot ducks and then they would spill out on the ice. Yeah, they would. Um, what would what, but where we hunted back then at Winchester was bigger than it is now, and on the north side where those those lily or those willows are, whatever you want to call them, right. those cattails, them cattails were there. But then, ooh, that's, not, that's how loud. The fuck, did that happen? What'd you do? I just got a phone call. Oh, anyways, the there was a hole. There was a there was the willows, and then there would be a big open area. And then there were cedar trees on the north end, so there was there was a buffer there. But in between them is where we would hunt. Oh right, and we could just set up in those in those cattails, and it was the it was froze so solid you just go just set you walk on top of the ice and you go set somewhere in the cattails. But they had a w- open area of water, and these little grebe ducks was our live decoys, mm-hmm. and them ducks would just buzz into that sun bitch left and right. I got the picture. I'm gonna send it over. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, shit. I said I was. Do uh. Hold on. So this for the, all of our YouTube people. Try to get figure this out. Um, poor Jeff and his infinite knowledge. He is the truck that is white. He's he's the white truck with the decoy on top of it. Me and my infinite knowledge that day. Um, I I got unstuck and I tried to circle back around to get you unstuck. It was a mess. And uh, Mike had a winch, remember? Mike had a winch, but so I was not stuck first thing that morning. You got stuck right in the fucking kill hole. That picture, he is he is in the kill hole. <laughs> I mean, that is dead dead smack where you know I was gonna finish birds. I used um, to have a picture of me that I took of y'all with the guns facing me. 
Oh, really? Yep. Um, but I tried to circle back around to, to be able to pull you out, and in the process, I stuck my pickup. So, I mean, it was just a whole fucking, a whole fucking deal. You know, the people up north, they deal with snow, and that's what's funny. So many of them, we have so many people from up north that like to bust our balls about our weather, you know? And there is no doubt it gets colder up north. And there's no doubt when it's 100 degrees up there with 90% humidity, that's a lot worse than it is here. Right. I'm not giving you that. I would love to live up north, but I don't live up there in the wintertime. We don't get snow, and we don't have the equipment. We're not used to it. And our bodies are different. Well, y'all are acclimated to the cold, cold weather. We're not. Yeah. I remember that day that Zach and I hunted in the snow up in Oklahoma. We beat the fucking brakes off of them. That was the moment it was, it was with, four below zero. It, it was with Mike Stewart. Yeah, it was four below zero. Hunting in layouts. And I can't remember when that snow started. I can't remember if it, I think it started when we were, I think it was still going when we were setting up decoys because our blinds were hunting out of layouts. <clears throat> and those blinds, I told the guys, I said, set them up now. And then the snow will keep falling. And by the time we're ready to hunt, they'll, they'll blend right in. And oh my goodness. They just blended right in with that white ground. And we just fucking murdered the geese. And like, we shot a big limit in about 30 minutes. That was a lot of fun. Then there was a day here. Um, it was on it was on the Big Bevel, and I was probably 18, 19 years old at the time. I was just out of high school. And I was hunting with Johnny Miller, who passed away this last summer, uh, Ryan Erdman, who is uh, a Minnesota resident, Zach and myself. And it started out, it was also with Mike Matoyer. <clears throat> Mike's he, been on a good hunt. He's just, he's just fucking Weather snowmaking. Um, he's a snowmaker. But we got to the field. We picked out where we were going to hunt. Started digging the holes, and it was just kind of misting. It wasn't bad. And then um, mist turned a little heavier, kind of turned maybe to rain for just a little bit. And then it did that while we were setting up the decoys and getting the holes ready. Um, we get in our hole. Of course, I, I only had one fucking hoodie that day. From that day forward, I always carried two hoodies. Um, and get in the hole, put jackets on, and then we start kind of killing some birds, and it turns to sleet, and then it turns to hail. And let me tell you, when your hands are fucking cold and you got <laughs> hail hitting you, like you're like, motherfucker. And no birds came while so, it was hailing. So you're a senior in high school? No, no, no. I just graduated. So Zach I th- was I think a freshman. In the, I think in the picture I've got a goatee. He was a freshman or an eighth grader. Um, so, like, no birds came while it was hailing. And everybody, back then we used those big 747s to cover up our heads with. So, like, everybody's just fucking hunkered down underneath those. If I could have started a fire in my hole, I would have. <laughs> and then it's turned to snow. And when it turned to snow, those fucking geese, I don't know what it was. I guess they thought it was it was okay to get out and start eating. And it was snowing so hard that they would just appear at about 15, 20 yards. And they were maybe five feet off the ground, and they would just fucking land at that first layer of decoys. And we that was another good hunt. So, those, so anytime it's going to snow here, those are the hunts that I think about, where it's just majestic and the birds just appear and then they settle just right. There have been other snow days that it does not go that way at all. The day after a snow here, when it's a bright day, is a hard day. Yeah. Because you can't, you, you stick out. Especially the way that we used to hide when we did the holes and stuff. Yes. 
because you're overturning dirt and fresh dirt and, you know, you're trying to take new snow or old snow and cover up what you did and you always have vehicle tracks going in and out of the field. It's just when the snow starts melting here, it's a fucking mess. I don't think it would be, be that bad now because we edge hide most of the time, but back when we used to dig holes every day, it was almost impossible. You know, back when I got it, I can't believe I'm actually going to tell the story back when I got it, but this reminded me of one. Upon Jake's, it was up mm-hmm. on the the big the big stumpy, and there was a, I had a guy, I had a group from California here, and I remember that the, there was a father and a son, and the son was, I'm going to say 23, 24 years old. He was about my age. That's about how old I was probably, and he uh, <laughs> he had a brand new four wheel drive pickup. Uh-huh. Well. I was in Tony's truck, which was not four-wheel drive. And when we went in, it hadn't really done much. It hadn't. It was supposed to snow, and it hadn't snowed. So I went in, and it, it was wet raining the time I got to North Knox City. Right. And the time I turned off of the road to go to Jake's, it was raining pretty good and sleeting and turning into snow a little bit. And we get we got in. We, we made it to headquarters, and we, we trailered out for their— we trailered out with a four-wheeler, and we set up our spread. And the geese were coming off Lake Davis, and they were coming off low across that canyon. Mm-hmm. And it was by this time, it's snowing, and the wind's blowing out of the north. I'm guessing 20, 25 miles an hour. It's fucking miserable. <laughs> I'm laying under a fucking blanket trying to hide. Oh, it was horrible. <clears throat> but it wasn't real, real cold yet. Right. Those geese would come up off that canyon, and they'd come up at 100 yards. You'd see them. That's how close they were when they'd first come up off that canyon. And they'd see your decoys, and they'd just lock down and come in. But if they spun around the decoys, right. they would lose the decoys because right. all the snow was all sticking the snow. to them. And so we'd have to go up and brush off the decoys about every five minutes for the next flock to come. But we ended up shooting out. Anyways, getting out of there, though, I got stuck. <laughs> well, fuck yeah. And so that kid's got a four-wheel drive vehicle, and his dad's like, well, goddamn, use a four-wheel drive. That's what you bought one for. Fucking trying. I had to leave Tony's truck over there by where Jake lives now. Lived it in the ditch there for three days. Was it that big white one? No, it was a blue truck he had. Oh, before it was the white a, one? Yeah, it was a That cold. white one stayed stuck, but it was because of rain. Well, that's, no, it's because it was a fucking power stroke that weighed 12,000 fucking pounds or whatever it weighed. Well, what, that was rain, though. That wasn't snow when he got stuck up there. He got stuck on that truck all kinds of shit. Oh. That truck was not meant to be... That's a heavy, heavy truck. But anyways, we got stuck up there, but we shot the shit out of the freaking geese. I mean, it was, it was just easy, easy hunt. But the hunt was real easy back then anyways. And that's because it was before this shit right here. Before the, the, internet, the internet. Before the podcast. Before Instagram. Before, I mean, I, I was thinking about that the other night. When I first started in business in the mid-90s, I didn't know anybody else to look for for any kind of information on waterfowl hunting. Right. You know, there wasn't the internet, and everything was word of mouth. Yeah. And I couldn't keep up with what was going on anywhere else. I mean, I couldn't tell you what they were doing in Kansas. I remember when we first got, when we first started having the internet, and there was web pages and stuff, is I used to look at Cheyenne Bottoms' bird numbers. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the few things I would look to, but there wasn't an outfitter up there. If this front right here, and this is going to probably make some people mad, but this is the honest-to-God truth. If this front we had right here would have hit the 1st of December, them boys in Kansas and Nebraska, they wouldn't have had no birds to hunt. I agree. They would have lost all their birds. But I, don't and they not, that, I don't understand why that would piss people off. Well, because some people don't want to hear that. Because oh. I've told an outfitter up there before about that. I said, when's days y'all are going to have a winter? Don't you say that. Well, it's going to happen. Right. You know, it, it, it happens. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you about the Canada goose. 
them little bird, them little geese that are getting hammered everywhere they go, wherever they're getting hammered at now, they're not going to be at in ten years. Right. Them suckers bounce around. Mm-hmm. You know, we had them for fifteen years here. They left here. The Panhandle's got them right now. North, middle and northern Kansas has, or Oklahoma has them right now. Now they've got them around Wichita, Kansas. They used to not. They used to all be around uh, Great Bend. Now they're east. Those birds move around a lot. So those pockets are getting hammered real hard. They're going to go somewhere else in ten years. I mean, you can just tell that just by, uh, you know, the hunting in, in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. where we are. That's right. Um, before we kind of set roots in Hobart, where we have our hunters at there was no other outfitter up there no the, no, year, that, the year that we got stuck in the pakistani hill no there's freaking nine i think you run out of that same area seven or eight so i read a real interesting article the other day um i was talking about ducks and uh pressure but it it, it just you know we we pressure things so much so back in the old days the old hunter he would only hunt when he thought that there was going to be a good day. If weather was right, if the weather systems lined up, that's when he would go out. He wouldn't hunt seven days a week. He couldn't. He had to work. Right. But we've got, you know, we're, we're pressuring these birds so much, and that's turning them nocturnal. Um, they have no rest. So they don't have a whole lot of rest, but, you know, it, it's an interesting dynamic, and it's interesting for us because we're an outfitter, and, you know, we're in this to kind of make, make some money, but... Yeah, we make a living at this, and if that offends you, whatever you go to work at tomorrow morning, you know, it's the same fucking deal. Right. Because that wears me out, people. You're in it just for money. Well, duh, you know. What the fuck, why else would I put up with the stress of this business or any other business I choose to do? Right, but it, it's <clears> an interesting, it was an interesting article, but it was talking about just how, you know, pressure, and then, you know, out here for a long time, uh, the birds would get pressured in the fields, and then they would get pressured in the roost, and it was just it, it became too much. The the I'm trying to think now the pressure on the roost is, has pretty much gone away, and yes. everybody out here pretty much field hunts, and that you know that that's a little bit that, better. That that helps. Um, one one of the things that <clears throat> that people catch a bad rap on is these guys that this hot water cropping and all this other shit. Yeah, <clears throat> there's two ways to look at it. Those guys probably do change some migration. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Because if you got food and you got water and you don't have a lot of weather, you're going to stay right there. There's no reason to leave. But they also feed a lot of ducks. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of good for the game, also. And they don't ever get credit for that. No, that no, that's exactly right. And and, and you that, know, th- there's no better conservationist than a duck hunter that, that, that's on his exactly own property right. place because he's going to do the right things. He's going to plant the right stuff to uh, harvest as many ducks as he can. You you you, you take a. Let's say Outfitter X, and let's say he kills 5,000 ducks in a year. Let's say it's Tony Vandemore. This ain't his numbers. I'm just using Tony as an example. Tony's a well-known guy. Let's say Tony kills 5,000 mallards in a year. Well, he fed 85,000 ducks all year long. What what did he do wrong? No. You know, he didn't do anything wrong. He killed 4%, 4 4.5% of the ducks that he shot. And and I'm making these numbers up, so somebody don't go – Texting Tony and say, "Oh my God, Jeff's making these numbers up. This is I'm just using this as a hypothetical situation." But if you take if you take whoever it is and they feed a hundred thousand ducks and they kill five to ten thousand, look at all the good they done for them birds. Those birds are going to die anyways eventually. I mean, the, the the kill rates, the kill rate is a kill rate all over anyways. Mm-hmm. So 
but we are putting so much pressure on these birds and like the seven day a week thing you were talking about i have guys all the time that'll call me and say hey if it gets good let me know or when a good day's coming let me know i can't do that we're booked up for the year you know mm-hmm. i'm booked on those days you know good bad or indifferent i'm booked every day just about just like most of the <clears throat> most outfitters are booked up you know or, or guys that are truly doing this for a living and they can't be doing it for a living if they don't have people here that's right. kind of what gets me about the guys that the books are going to open March 1st. Your books are fucking open right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not billing out invoices right now, but my books are open. If you call me and you say, hey, do you have so-and-so open right now? Yeah, I do have them days open, and I'll put you down. If not, they're booked up. Now, I may not bill you for another three or four or five weeks for the hunt, right? but I'm going to put you down on them dates. And another thing, <clears throat> we rest fields here when we can. Yes, we do so, our best to do it. So, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, a place that you're pounding that spot over and over and over and over again. You know, if you're a, if you're, if you're a landowner or something and you've got a couple ponds, you know, you're banging on them every day. Or if you're on a public land place, you know, you're, you're, those birds are constantly getting pressured here. We'll, we'll do our best here, and I know other outfitters will. Okay, basically everything out here is locked up, season leased, from one of the three outfitters that are out here. And, and we work together, but people set sapphires. We'll I, set fields. I'll call and say, hey, can I hunt spot X tomorrow? And they'll be like, I really need to save that for two days. i got a big group coming in. Right. Well, fine, I do the same thing. I understand. So there are birds or there are fields out here. Between the three you know, outfitters, if we're resting a field and a couple of the other guys are resting a field or two, our birds are getting rest. Now, the birds are also getting hunted every day, but there are pockets of birds that are going to these different places that are getting a rest. So it's not like the same birds are getting pressured at the same spot. And or if we shoot out early in the morning, 90% of the birds don't even get fucked with anyways. Right. There's a lot of birds that go into a field that didn't know anybody even got hunted that day. Yeah. They don't know Uncle Luther got shot there earlier today. They're sitting. R.I.P. Luther. But the, the even even the guys in the um, I'm gonna use Toby and them as an example because they I don't think they run multiple multiple groups a day. They may run one or two groups a day. Right. So they're probably resting their properties too mm-hmm. to keep them. You know, and that's what you try to do. <clears throat> the problem you get into a lot of these places, especially with the internet and shit now, is there's 13 different groups trying to hunt the same area all the time. Right. So nothing ever gets to fucking rest. Yeah. Bird lands on this field and someone's hunting it the next morning. Right. You know they don't even let it and see if they're gonna. They already make a plan to hunt it before even going there the next night. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's part of this game now, and it's changed a lot. Well, there's a lot more people. Um, I wonder if if people. I wonder if COVID had an effect on more people hunting this year or not. I'd, I'd be interested to see the hunt license sales. I can tell you this: or if that's not the di- if that's not the demographic that hunts the the COVID numbers, or the people that not COVID numbers, the hunters this year were more excited and appreciated being out than I've ever noticed them in 30 years of being in business. Right. I mean, it wasn't about – when you shoot a limit of birds in 25 minutes or 45 minutes, some guys are always happy. Yeah. You know, and you'll still have that one occasional guy that will bitch about something. But this year, whether you shot out early – and we had a lot of hard hunts this year. Everybody was just happy to be out, it seemed like. Yeah. They were. They enjoyed being in the outdoors. And I think, I think Americans – I think a lot of people seen how lucky we are and fortunate. And I think sitting home for a long time – really helped a lot yeah i found that picture of zach and i in oklahoma did you just a burner that day what field was that on uh was that right north of the town in the park or by the park yeah it was north of town yeah that milo patch wasn't it yes yeah 
Is that the one I went and got donuts and brought them back to y'all? Yeah. So the birds were they didn't fly for shit first first hour. So it was later in the day before they before they started flying. But it was a lot of fun. Now there was another hunt. Uh, we hunted a field here at home. And Jeff tells me, leave the blind up. We're going to go there in the morning. Oh, shit. You hear this, Tony? Leave the blind up. We're going to go there. We're going to go there in the morning. It is raining that day. It's raining in the morning. It's a hay grazer field we We shot a quick limit, and Jeff says, leave the blind up. We'll go there in the morning. Pick the decoys up, but leave the blind. Leave the blind, because it's going to rain, and we don't want. And we can get to it from the road. We don't want our decoys fucked up. Okay. I leave it. And then in the middle of the night, somehow the fucking plans change. Don't know. No, who- we went back to hunt there, didn't we? No, 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 no. Oh, that was the day that y'all got fucking stuck in the. the, the we went to the other Milo field. Now we're getting there, and we got stuck. See, we, we should have done what I originally. If we'd have done what I originally called to do, it would have worked a, a bad, lot better deal. So in the middle of the night, the plan <laughs> is: oh no, we're going to combine everybody. It's supposed to snow. And we had a field with a shitload of ducks in it besides geese. God, there was a ton of birds in it. We're going to combine groups. The boys from uh, boys from California here with us. They were here. Trey Woodard was here. We're going to combine groups. And Eric Collins was here from Kansas City, too. That group had a group here, I think. And we're going to hunt this field. It's right off of the Roost Lake. This is where we're hunting. <laughs> Bad weather. <laughs> this is where we're going. <laughs> it was a good plan. And it then when I knew that it was going to be a long morning, so, Logan Landers and I, we go out there to tear the blinds down. <laughs> well, I don't know if you know this or not, but when it rains a whole bunch and then the temperature drop below 32 degrees, there's an effect. Uh, it's the natural phenomenon. It's called freezing. <laughs> and you cannot, I could not, for the life of me, get those fucking blinds apart. Like, they were frozen in place. It was another one of those 5.30 in the morning calls. We got a problem. So... Tony was there for some reason. Did we call you, Tony, or were you there to carry the ranger? No, Tony had to bring the ranger because y'all got stuck on one. No, them, so. mm. no, he was there when the when the mm. when Zach and Blake went off on their maiden boy, ill fated voyage. <laughs> Dad needed the ranger for a pheasant hunt or something, oh. and Tony said, "Well, here, I'll take it to y'all." A four wheeler, yeah. Yeah, it was a four-wheeler. No, no, it was a Ranger, because I remember Zach and Blake sitting side by side. No, was that, that was red the one. second we had to go get after they stuck the first one. The rhino, yeah, red rhino. So I, I, Logan and I end up throwing the A frames in the back of my pickup already assembled because they're not coming apart. That works out good though that way. Yeah, except for uh, yeah, except for we had to make a million trips because we I think we had four blinds set up that day, and Zach and Blake back the rhino up and they say, okay, we're gonna go to the spot. Tony and I are standing there. I'm already pissed because I couldn't get the fucking blinds apart, and, you know, it's a fucking mess already. And then, um, yeah. So, hold on. I'm going to get me some more Dirty Duck coffee. Makes it nice on these cold days. I've drank more coffee in the last five days than I have in the year before. Um, So, we're sitting there. Thank you. We're sitting there as uh, Blake and Zach go off into the darkness, and they're going along. And you can always tell, like when shit hits the fan and somebody's on a, a, a ATV. 
and, and it, it bogs down, and then Lots they just out. fucking gas it, and they try to turn around, and it just you can just hear it revving higher and higher and higher, and you can see them throwing mud out there, and then all of a sudden it just slows down to a stop. And then I'm thinking, oh, what the fuck are we going to do now? Should have listened to Jeff and went in on the oil field road like you tried to say we should have done. We were at the oil field no, road. No, we I weren't either. No, y'all weren't in the levee. I said. Uh, we went to the oil field road. No. Yes, the we did. The oil field's on the south side. That's where we were. You should have stayed on the gravel road. You could drive a pickup right to the oil field. They drove down the gravel road to that little landing that sticks out in the field. And that's where I would have hunted right there. It was a north wind. I would have still hunted there and shot a bunch of birds. So they tried to get around to figure out. They tried to go through there into the middle of the field, and they just buried Regardless, that fucking we went from a When I went to bed that night, I was like, whew, this going to be one of them the barn world. burners. It's going to be one of them 50, 60 geese deals, 30, 40. We might shoot 100 birds tomorrow with 12 guys. So now all of a sudden, <clears> we got 12 guys. We've got a Red Ranger stuck in the middle of the field. And a trailer that was there for about three weeks. A trailer. We've got... Already assembled frozen blinds. <laughs> oh, no, I remember what we only got. I threw one blind in the back of my pickup. Logan, Logan threw one in the back of his. We were going to have Blake and Zach drop off those. We were going to go back to the field, get the remaining A-frames, come back. Like, there were already too many wheels in motion for this. <laughs> and then... <laughs> So it's like we're a pretty organized place. That's what's funny about all this. Yeah, but I mean, like you said, there's a day or two out of every year where it's just fuck the luck. This was terrible. If we'd have just went with my original deal, but I got greedy because I wanted to shoot a hundred birds. Yeah, and and what's bad is I day leased that spot. Oh yeah, I would if we just turned it on our season lease place, it would have been no problem at all. So we, uh, it's like, well, what are we gonna do now? Rhino's out there with the trailer. We don't have enough a frames for everybody. So I remember we drove to the North Levee. We had the guys walk around, and basically it was just a hide under, find a fucking tumbleweed, sit down, and then let's just pray. So we have 12 swinging dicks on the, on the North Levee, and we've got maybe 15 dozen decoys out in front of us. And y'all shot some birds. Wasn't a lot. Well, it wasn't a birds. lot, but Jesus. Then we went that afternoon, and we did afternoon duck hunt there. And I'll never forget the guy telling me, Eric told me this. He had Gunner, and I turned Gunner loose on himself to do a hunt. And the, the, they were killing green wing teal and gadwalls and widgets yeah. in there. A few mallards and pintails. I mean, it was a really good afternoon duck hunt. And anyways, they got all set up. We told we told him exactly where to go, what to do, and everything. We're watching from the road, and he starts killing ducks. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. And I have to get on to him because he wants to get up and fucking go pick up birds. Let the fucking birds. This is a pet peeve of mine. If you're doing a waterfowl hunt, and you shoot, you knock four birds down, and you need 36 to go or whatever it is, don't worry about if there's ducks flying, go get in those four birds. You can go get them in a minute. They're dead. They're not going nowhere. Right. Those four dead ducks out there in the spread are not going to make any difference. If that duck can see that fucking duck is dead and not feeding, mm-hmm. then that fucking duck's too smart to be shooting anyways. Now, if you got 12 dead ducks, you might want to start picking some shit up. I but don't. if you got four, but still, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're not. I mean, they just look like more decoys out there. They can't. Well, not tell. if they're not if they're belly up. I disagree with you there. But if everything's belly down, if that duck flies by that pintail and he goes, "Oh shit, that's a that's, that widgeon's upside down." That's let's go somewhere else. You're shooting some smart fucking ducks. 
I say clean up. Okay. If well, you get anyways, if you have over ten birds in, anyways, your, in your kill I'd, hole, I'd pick call up. Gunner up. I said, stay in the fucking blind and hunt. You don't have to get up every three seconds. Right. And, and that's what he was doing. And he, Anytime he, he was, he was, he was trying to do the right thing. He was. They shot a bunch of birds. So anyways, Eric after the hunt, they shot a limited ducks, and I asked him about it. And he goes, Yeah. He said, You know, Gunner told me that's the first time he'd ever done a field duck hunt. <laughs> I was like, Fuck. Uh, I said it was, but I said we knew what he was supposed to do, and I wasn't worried about his hunting ability. It was just knowing how to do it, and we had. But that's the first time I've ever done a field yeah, duck. Don't, and that's another thing. If you're a guide, fake it until you make it. You've yeah. done it a million times, and this is going to be just like any other time. Don't tell your customer. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm glad this worked out. This is yeah. my first time. Yeah, first time I've ever done this. Not uh, not a good waste. But yeah, fake it till you make it, baby. You've done it a million times. You started out in Canada and blah 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 blah. Come up with a good story about how you grew up hunting this way. You know, looking back to when I used to hire guides back in the day. I would get guys that started that went to Canada in September. Yeah. And I looking back now, those guys were always fucking wore out by January. They, yeah. And I could some understand of them why. Were, some of them weren't even worth shooting after New Year's. No. And that's why. It's a, it looks for a long, long, long season. It is. I really appreciate the guys I have that work here this year. We had a good year. We had some, we had a lot of fun with Mikey. Mm, got in coffee, bother me. Well, I had a lot of fun with Mikey, but we had a really good overall year here. We really yeah. did. The guide wise, I mean, we had a lot of fun together this year. I'm gonna miss Austin. Austin was a yes. Well, he was a killing top, machine, top to bottom. He's the most buttoned up guide I think I've ever been with. There was not a situation that Austin was not prepared for. No, he boy, he was good. He was he was smooth boy. Good. He was a good guide, a good person. He didn't. I didn't have to worry about anybody ever coming in and saying, "Hey, Austin did this," and not right. be happy about it. Right. Never ever get cross with nobody. Does his job. Never complains. Somehow he ended up rooming with Mikey, which I don't. Luck of the draw. I guess. Well, he's going to get married, so it was preparing him for life when he has <laughs> a bunch of shitty little kids that don't listen. But I'm gonna miss Austin. Austin, like I said, there was there was never a time where something came up and Austin wasn't ready. For no, it. he was a, he was a very 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 good good employee. And now I'm Mikey, missing. not only a motherfucker was ready for anything. No, but Mikey didn't really complain a lot. Mikey just dumb because he's young. He's not a dumb person at all. He's a he's a good kid. Inexperienced. He's just very inexperienced. I liked Mikey a lot. I really enjoyed visiting with Mikey. Mikey and me had a lot of things that we liked in common. A lot of history. We liked to visit about certain things. But um, and Mikey could talk about things other than hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some guys out here that can't talk about anything but hunting. It doesn't. They don't have any other world skills. Not this year. No, 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 no. I'm just not, no, no, not, I'm not reliant. I'm not talking about anybody that works here now. Oh. But I've had guys work for me like that. But if you don't talk about hunting, they don't have nothing to say. Right. He he was not that way though. I could talk to him about a lot of things and stuff. Mikey just needs to learn when to speak to people and what to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's hard for a 19 year old kid or 18 year old kid to have anything in common with a 60 year old man. Sure. I mean, fuck. Tony's got a damn 13 year old daughter. He don't have nothing in common with, and they're they're blood kin. Just because they're teenagers. That's just part of it. And when Reese gets older, he's going to be the same way. Now, we always had something in common because we like sports and football. Mm-hmm. you got to have them common deals. <clears throat> so, that's that was Mikey. But Mikey done a good job. I, I don't know how we got off on those guys, but really good guys. I, re- I really enjoyed the guys this year. I wish the hunting would have been better. Uh, I know some guys that had some really good, good seasons. And if you were in the right place in this country, you had a really good season. If you didn't, you had a really tough season. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's true. I don't know what's going to happen with the duck numbers. Um, what do you mean? I, I think that somebody somewhere is way off on duck numbers. Or 
there's a big pocketed duck somewhere that nobody's seeing anymore. Man, everybody. Maybe it's just off of social media. It, it could, Louisiana was way off. Really? Arkansas was way off on the duck numbers. Yeah, but it's all weather related. There well, was no weather where were anywhere. All, where were they, all the ducks then? What do you mean? I mean, where, where did they stay in the Dakotas? I mean, they had to have. I, I don't. I don't know. I think. I think the duck numbers have crashed. I really do. I don't. I didn't see any big swarms of mallards like we normally do. Well, we didn't see it here because I didn't even see it in Oklahoma like we normally do. And, and, and we didn't have and a normal seen, winter anywhere. I seen some guys had some really good. We didn't. But I want to know where these birds are at. Because I'd talk to a guy in Kansas, and he'd be like, we hadn't had ducks right yet this year. I think they were further north. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, think I just they were further north. I don't, I don't trust the biologists with their numbers anyways. Why? Because they work for the government? <laughs> no, I just don't. I never have really trusted their numbers. They're way off on our speckle belly numbers every year. And specs are everywhere now. It's not just here that our numbers are up. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the, guy, the specs that used to be on the Texas coast are wintering here now. Oh, for sure. No, I don't think anything goes to the Texas coast. Oh, they have some birds still, but they don't not have like a lot. Used of, to. No, not even close. The specs don't push past here anymore. Not much. Well, they, there's a bunch of birds around San Antonio. Oh, really? A bunch of specs. Now, I don't know what a bunch is. I don't know if it's 10,000, 25,000, or 5,000. Right. But there's a lake down there that holds a bunch of specs. But they do not push into South Texas like they used to. Mm-mm. And given, so, given how many snows we had around here this year, we had a lot more snows than I've ever many, seen. I don't think many snows made it to the coast this year um, either. And it's weather-related in my mind. Southern Louisiana don't plant near the rice no more. They plant a lot of sugar cane. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm really worried about our duck numbers from what I've seen this year. And I know we didn't have much of a winter, but I didn't see a lot of this. But then I'd seen a video somebody had of, of Michigan like three or four weeks ago. Right. And there was tens of thousands of ducks up there on the lake well there's our ducks right if it Some happened they just flew like well our birds ain't michigan i'm just talking about there's a bunch of ducks still way up north but i am concerned about our numbers uh, i'll tell you another thing that really concerns me is the the limits on the little geese you think it's too uh, high oh fuck yeah eight For birds here? is what no no oh, no well even here too but we don't have any little geese anymore but like Oklahoma and the Texas Panhandle stuff, Texas Panhandle is five birds. Right. But in Oklahoma, you can shoot eight birds, that's and a that, lot. that's ridiculous. They need to. I mean, we've had hunts up there where we got twelve guys and we've shot seventy-five birds, and like, well, we still can shoot twenty-one to go. Fuck, we've shot, you know, or, you know, we're, 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 we we've shot seventy-five birds. We really need ninety-six to have a full limit of bird, you know. Right. And um, I think they need to lower them numbers. We are mashing those little birds to death in places, and I think they need to change that. And I grew up doing that here. I've been around it forever. And it's easy to do. It's not a hard thing to do. When they're working, they're working. Little geese? Yes. Yeah. But I, I think that <clears throat> I, I see a big crash coming in them birds one day. I don't know. I mean, are their numbers holding pretty strong? That I don't know. But they get they get crushed everywhere they're at. They're pretty fucking stupid. They are. Way. And they get the shit crushed out of them wherever they're at. It don't matter if it's Colorado here, up north. And I, I don't know what the numbers are. I'm sure they're kind of steady. I hope they're steady. I'm sure they're pretty steady. But everything that's happening in the Central Flyway here is what happened on the East Coast years and years and years ago. Yeah. And that's what's that's what concerns me. No, I mean, there's a lot to be concerned about. I mean, you look at you look at places like, uh, you know, southern Illinois that used to be big goose capital of the world, and you look at Katy, Texas, and I understand that Katy was, you know, they kind of – it's concrete now. Develop themselves out of having many birds, but you know, just because they're here today doesn't mean they're going to be here in ten years. Well, 
if you want to go shoot ducks, let's go nineteen. Let's go to nineteen seventy. If you wanted to go shoot geese in nineteen seventy, you went to Southern Illinois, you went to Maryland, or you went to the Texas coast. Uh-huh. Those are the three places everybody knew about. Now, of course, the guy's going to message me a minute and say they've been hunting in Walla Walla, Washington since nineteen twelve. I'm sure you are. I'm just talking about my what I know about. If you wanted to shoot ducks, you went to Stuttgart, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. That was a world famous place to go. Now, now Arkansas is not number one on the list to go shoot ducks. Where do you think it is? Uh, Missouri, Kansas, Iowa. Yeah, um, I would go to Washington State. Is where I would go. <laughs> I mean, shit. I think Washington State is probably the b- most overall consistent waterfowl hunting in the United States. I think is in Washington right now. Now it looks very fucking miserable though in some of the stuff. But I don't think the boys from Western Washington deal with the weather like they do on the east eastern part. But <clears throat> The, the, the left coast has got some great hunting. There's yeah. no doubt about it. But <clears throat> you don't think of Stuttgart now like you used to. No, but I think that's, I think that's just because we've, we've learned about all these other places. Now, I know Stuttgart's had a couple of, bad, couple of bad years in a row. I think that they're still good hunting. But oh, there's great hunting I think there. that the reason that Stuttgart doesn't come to your mind is because a long time ago, we didn't know about all these other places because the power of the Internet wasn't there. I remember when everybody used to say, you know, Oklahoma's the big secret area of shooting waterfowl. Well, it's not secret no more. Oklahoma's really good waterfowl hunting. Kansas has good waterfowl hunting. Nebraska, so many places do. But it's a lot of it's weather-driven. That's why the state of Washington, I think, is so intriguing is because they're going to have to – they're fucking on, on the Canadian border, so they're going to have some winter right. and a push. <clears throat> I don't think Canada's going to be open this year, do you? No. No way. Yeah, without a fourteen day quarantine and stuff, that's 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 a bad deal. You're gonna use all of your vacation time to wait <laughs> to fucking wait one way or another. Yeah, it's a that's a a jacked up deal. It's a it's a fucked up deal. I feel sorry for them guys up there. No, um, it, it no way is it gonna be open. Okay, let's talk about what we're gonna have on the rest this week on the podcast. Um, we're gonna have on not the one guy because I just got a message from him. He's he's gonna come next week. I'm gonna be gone next week. Well. You'll be doing it by yourself then. I'm not going to do one by myself. Bucky Nail's going to be on from Albany. And Tom, and I don't know Tom's last name. What's the story on Tom now? Tom's a virologist? Yeah, he's a virologist that uh, invented the uh, Ebola vaccination. He's going to be on with us. Um, We are going to have, can you you talk about your baseball player? Yeah, so uh, Trevor Austin from Pacific uh, messaged me about a week ago and said, hey, what about Jay Buhner? He was on Seinfeld. Now. They're of Seinfeld fame, I guess I should say. I was busy, mm-hmm. and I did not know who Jay Buhner was. Well, He's, you're younger. I know who Jay Buhner was. He said, The Bone? Yeah, he was badass. He was good Whenever ball, I player. looked him up, I remembered who he was. Yes. He was a hell of a baseball player. I can remember uh, watching him because, you know, he's on the dream team of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Ken Griffey and, you know, back in that that whole era. So, Jay the Bone uh, Buner is going to be on with us uh, sometime. So I got to actually get a hold of him and get a good date. I don't know if you remember this, but me and Tony took you to a baseball game to watch Randy Johnson pitch against Nolan Ryan. Yeah, I remember. And what it, you know that we well, I don't remember Nolan Ryan. I remember Randy Johnson. Yeah, we went there just for that. Do you remember it, Tony? We got tickets middle of the day. Said so they were pitching against each other, and I called Bobby Witt and got his tickets, and we drove to the game. And watch Randy Johnson pitch against Nolan Ryan. Yeah. But Jay Buhner was a stud player. Got traded from C- uh, the New York Yankees. 
George Costanza's dad talks about it on on Seinfeld. Bitch George Steinbrenner <laughs> out for drafting or for trading away Jay Beaner. Forty home runs and a hundred IBIs for Ken Phelps, you idiot, or something like that. But anyways, it'd be interesting to talk to. Played with Junior with with Griffey. Both He's a big hunter. Junior. He's a big hunter. So. Um, uh, Trevor's hoping that this is going to kind of he'll start, you know, being out there more as a hunter. So we'll we see. need more guys like that hunting. So, anyways, we're going to have Jay Buter on with us. We're going to have Virologist on with us, and we got some other people we'll have on the next couple of weeks. Pretty interesting. Um, <clears throat> really, not much going on in the world other than it's froze to death in Texas, and we want to kind of reminisce about some old hunts. <clears throat> I'll tell you another old story with Dad. Me, Tony, and Dad one time. Uh, I can't remember if Dad got us out of school. Did he get us out of school to go on the hunt? It was supposed to start snowing, so Dad went to elementary and he picked us up. Dad was cool that way. <clears throat> my mom probably was not. I bet my mom was so pissed off at my dad so many times over shit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Dad, we used to get out of school all the time to come hunting. If it was going to be cold and shitty, so we drove out here, and we got to see more, and it started snowing a little bit. By the time we got to Winchester Lake, it snowed about six inches, and we had to turn around and come home. <sighs> Couldn't even see the fucking lake. It was snowing so much. Well, I was so disappointed. I wanted to hunt so bad. <laughs> Looking back now, Dad didn't like those really cold days. <laughs> he got here and he said, fuck, that's a little too cold for me, probably. Fuck yeah, I would too. <clears throat> There's some, some days <clears throat> just aren't very fun. And the older I get, the more it's just like, oh, is this really going to be worth it? How much? How many more years do you think you full-time got? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Ten? Five years? Ten years? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't. Do you really do you enjoy the guiding part still? Um... After this, this year took a lot out of me. Um, the year before, the more I get into this, the more the bad days just kind of stick with me. <laughs> I got a longer memory, I guess. You know, f- when I was younger doing this, I, by about February, March, that past year, it, it was gone, and I, I only remembered the good. Um, the bad starting to stick with me a little bit more. So this year, I actually was not. I mean, I was happy that hunting season was coming, but I wasn't excited like I normally was. But, I mean, it's a job. How old are you? 33. 33 years old. And you've been doing this basically for 20 years. You've been hunting every free day you had out of school since you were about 12 or 13 years old. Right. That's a a long time. It's a long time. And, I mean, you know, it's not not as easy as it once was. Um, The way that we hunt isn't as easy as it once was. The days that we got to dig holes here, that was a fucking treat because I would do – you show the guys how to do their hole. They stubble them up while I'm setting decoys. I do my hole, stubble it up, and I'm done. With A-frames, it seems like we're constantly fixing the tops, constantly. And even when the A-frames were done and looking good, we still had to go get tumbleweeds every day. So it just it, this this it, it it's a lot of work. Um, but to answer your question, I do still enjoy it, and uh, it's just it takes a lot out of you the older that you get, for sure. See, that's what I wondered about because I went. <clears throat> I don't remember. I remember guiding for two years, really, pretty much full time, and then business kind of exploded, and I took the role on that I have now. And I don't really miss the hunt. You know, it's funny when I get in the blind and we actually get to hunt, I really enjoy it. Yeah. But I don't, I'm too fucking lazy to want to go set up for two fucking hours and help set up and pick up shit. <laughs> that don't, that don't impress me at all. But the actual being in the blind to hunt, I'm an executive hunt type of guy. Mm-hmm. I can tell already. 
but the actual punting part, I still have a lot of desire to do that. And Dad told me that one time in the office. He said, you know, he said, I don't mind sitting in the blind hunt. I just don't have to do all the shit to get ready for it. And I think it's an age deal, too. Yeah. Like I said, the A-frames, it's just, it's constantly, you're constantly, guys, you're constantly breaking off the tops. So you're cutting basically a load or two of grass every day to get that done. And um, even when the tops look good, you got to go get tumbleweeds, and then that takes a while. It's just, it's, 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 it's a lot of work. The days that we used to just do a hole and hop in and hunt are over. Are not over, but they don't happen as frequently anymore, and which is good because our clientele is aging, and a frames are a lot easier for them to to do. But by the end of the year, I was like, "Fuck, I'm tired of grabbing tumbleweeds." Number one, I don't even know how many fucking tumbleweeds we have in this country because of us. <laughs> I think they're all where we've been hunting, so they got harder and harder to find. But uh, I, I've 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 got a while left in me. Do you uh wish the hunting would get a little bit easier for a longer period of time? This was a hard year. Two years ago wasn't a hard year, though. Two years ago wasn't, but... It, it's going to be weather... Every season's going to be weather-related. start remembering the bad days yes. more than the good. Do you... Uh, you have so many clients of yours that have this, the same guys every year. Yeah. And it's funny when you come in the deal and I'll say, you've got so-and-so group, and you're like, who, who are they? And you, oh, okay, yeah, that's the guys from... I remember them from so-and-so, and I've done it and stuff. So you see the same guys year in and year out. Most of our clientele is the same 90% people. Right. I mean, every day you have the same guys that are with you that's funded for years. Do you find that more enjoyable to have a new brand new group, or do you like having the same old, same old all the time? Uh, and I'm sure there's some same old, same old that are not a lot of fun to be with. That's a tricky question because... There's some regular guys we have that are a real pain in the ass. Well, it's not just that. It's just, you know, there's a certain amount of pressure that is put on you. Um from guys that you've hunted with for so long because, you know, you've kind of you've kind of ran the gamut with them between the best hunting in the world and some of the worst hunting in the world and everything in between and you know, you're always you're always hoping for the best, but this year especially was just tough. Um plus I, I don't like disappointing people and a lot of the clients that we have now, I consider friends and uh that puts a lot always, more pressure on you that's always tough just like the day that we went out and just fun hunted i had a friend out there with me it wasn't the best hunting but i'm like god damn it he had I a good this, time i know he did but i want this to work out for him yeah, he had a good time though put put me out of it i want my friends to have a good time so that's kind of how i view a lot of the clients that we have and that that adds a lot of pressure new guys you know it's kind of like well you're just you know this is what you're gonna get i mean i still want you to have a good hunt but you know, I've noticed. I don't feel the pressure. The new customers that you get that are just brand new customers, never been here. Those are the easiest to pop. Those are the easiest ones to make happy. They don't know what to expect. No, the guy that walks in and said, "I hunted with y'all eighteen years ago. And we shot a limit in twelve minutes." <laughs> well, buckle up, buddy. <laughs> Especially this year. This is a tough year. This year. Oh, well, we, we, he says it's tough. Oh, we'll be done in thirty-three minutes this I'm year. A, I'm no, a hunter. I if know. I tell you it's going to be a hard fucking hunt, it's going to be a hard hunt. Now it may be better. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make you think it's worse than it's gonna be because I don't want you to be come in and say, "Well, he lied to me." Fat bastard lied to us. I'm finally getting to the to the numbers here. What are you looking up? Trying to find uh, Lesser Canada goose numbers to see what it is. But... See, I don't buy all them numbers. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, this I just is all I, that I've got to go. No, with. no, no, no. I personally do not buy the numbers on any of that shit. We we live this every day, and I talk to people every day that see stuff somewhere. Some somebody somewhere. There's a bunch of fucking ducks missing. They didn't migrate south. Well, they may be. That's what I'm saying. They're somewhere. Are they in Canada? 
Somewhere we've got a ton of ducks that nobody has seen this year. Tons of ducks. You know? Where are the widgeons at that we used to have? We haven't seen them in two years. Now, Rustin shot the shit out of them for about two or three weeks, but still he didn't have – we used to have widgeons all the time. You know, all them wheat fields up there, all them ponds used to hold widgeons. You could go by and I could count. Back in the day, I could say, you know what, even if we don't have geese, I know there's going to be 600 to 1,000 widgeons on this pond we can hunt in. Those days, that we're not, we're not seeing them ducks no more. <clears throat> and I don't understand where they're at. Do what? Maybe it is an early winter. Maybe there's somewhere in Alberta. I don't know, but it just seems like we're not seeing the ducks. The ducks, more than anything, has really got me concerned. I had a guy ask me today, he said, I bet y'all are just covered up with birds. I said, no, we ain't got nothing new. We didn't pick up nothing new. The days are longer. They're not. Gonna, they're just going to hunker down somewhere. They're going to they're gonna go now, they're 30 might, to 60 miles one way or another. Now, I think that the and first open lake that they Even see, if they go 100, if, let's say they go 200 miles south. They were a lot further than fucking 200 miles away from us when this front hit. That's right. They were in Kansas, Nebraska. Some Somewhere there's a big lake someplace that's just covered with ducks that are setting this out till this is over. Yeah. And that's what's happening, and it's not down here anywhere. This pond, the pond by Tony's here, <clears throat> he's got 100 to 150 ducks max on it. Open water. Tony's been putting corn out for him to eat on. Hunting season's over. We're not baiting nothing. He, the, the, the ice the other day looked like it was yellow. Tony had thrown out so much corn on the wall. Somebody should have, there should be 500 to 1,000 ducks on here on a normal day. But there's no ducks. And we don't hunt it here anyway. We, don't, we never have hunted that pond. Right. So it don't matter. It's right, it's, by, it's it's right by his house. Right it's got an aerator. It's got a dock built on it. Grandkids swim out there. You know, that's what it is for. And But it's got open water, and Tony's put corn and been water feeding the ducks since duck season ended there. Just to have them around. And it should be covered up right now with ducks, but it's not. Yeah. I don't know. These these fucking surveys are so – you got to read the fine print and see what you're reading. And, and, and you know what's really funny about up there? I went up there today and looked. There's a hybrid mallard pintail cross there, beautiful green head on it. And there's gadwalls up there. I didn't see one mallard up there. Pintails, gadwalls, and green wing teal. And some widgeons. But didn't see one mallard on that thing. It's nuts. Yeah. I don't know. It, I mean, it, it's an interesting, uh, interesting theory to see where the ducks are, or who's off on what count. Well, the government would never tell you when they fuck up, of course. But no, you know, crane crane limits are three everywhere. Yeah, and I think that's a good number, a good limit for them. I think three has made that a lot. It makes it pretty sick because cranes are getting hunted now really hard. Oh yeah, all over the place. Popular, very, very popular. Justin Hill blames it on die bomb. Why? Because crane silhouettes are too cheap. Oh. <laughs> he said, he said, every some bitch down around where he hunts down there, they all buy them, you know, five dozen crane decoys and they're crane guides now. Before this, that you, nobody had, you, had to, you had to spend $100 per decoy or on, more. on a full body. And most people, or didn't stuffer. Buy, or didn't, most people didn't buy them. Right. So, but now it's made it more popular. And it's, a, it's well, more popular it, because if you look on YouTube or Instagram, yeah. and we've got a lot of really good footage we'll have on our YouTube channel coming late spring of our crane hunts when we release our series. Just but as soon as Jeff puts it together. And um, I guess we need to start working on that probably next week or when I get back from vacation. But anyways, we will uh, we will get that going. But since crane hunting has gotten real popular, or a lot more of it, I hope they keep the limit at three. Yeah. I think it's a good number because the birds don't get that much pressure on them. Right. I would be fine if the state of Texas dropped us down to four and gave us an extra speckle belly. Now, that is just me personally in our area. 
I know there's some guys that would probably disagree with me, and they're probably up in the panhandle. They probably like it at five um, because the spec doesn't really factor into them. If they dropped it to four, gave us a third spec, I would be very, very happy. Or if they just said, you know, whatever, four of anything. They wouldn't do that, though. They're not going to go from two to four. Well, I wish they would just I go wish to, they'd go to three. Two to three. I wish they'd go just three dark geese of any type. They wouldn't change the numbers on them. Oh, that would really piss the guys off. And I don't think handle. so. I don't think it'd make them mad at all. The customers want to kill birds. They don't care. I don't think they'd lose. They wouldn't lose one group of customers over the deal. Because that's the limits, three. There's people on the East Coast going to shoot one bird. They want to hunt. They want right. to get out. I would be happy with four and three specs. Well, I would just like happy with three total. Three total dark geese? Three total dark geese could be either one like it was when we started back in the 90s. Back in the old, old, old days when we had to shoot T-shot and F-shot. and They went from lead to steel. Those were some days. Those were the days. Mm, Not good days either. (laughs) I was fucking shooting 10 gauges and crap. Steel shot when it first came out was horrible. Yeah. I mean, absolutely horrible. All right. Well, we can jump off here. Snow days are fun, but let me tell you, the days that it snows and it doesn't work out <coughs> makes for a long fucking morning. And it makes for a long couple mornings after. It's sloppy, nasty wet. Because all your shit's sloppy, all your shit's wet, it's all got to be dried out. I enjoy the I enjoy when I get to hunt in the snow, but when it doesn't pan out and it's it's a tough hunt. Oof. I'm hoping that this cold, 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 this is a dry snow we have, so I'm hoping it's not real muddy around here, so it makes sense right. because we got a bunch of pig hunters coming in. Anyways, we appreciate y'all listening. Um, the Rumble and the Stubble is going to be November 29th, November 30th, and December 1st. I got a few spots left on that. It's three morning goose hunts, lodge, and breakfast for $1,000. Um, very limited numbers on that. So if you went in on that, you better get in on it. That will be the Dan Reese and Blake show. They may even get married here. I could do my first gay wedding that weekend. Mm-hmm. All right. Appreciate y'all very much. God bless y'all. Have a great week. And go check out all of our sponsors. Check us out. we got some good turkey hunting dates left. Uh, not many of them, though, so if you want it, jump in on it. Uh, Foul Bandits, Athletic Brewing Company, Gundog Outdoors, Dirty Duck Coffee, Dive Bomb Industries, Boss Shot Shells, Pacific Calls, Lucky Duck, Looking Glass, Duck Club, William Chris Wines, Blind Grass, and 14 Cattle Company. <laughs>